October 5, 2020. It's a lot from Pedro Show.
Live from Pedro Show. Happy Monday. Uh, started off with uh, I'll Wait and Pray from John Coltrane. And then uh, My Dreams Are Stairwells. That's from uh, my guest today, Carl M. V. Wah, speaking to me via Skype from Brighton, England. Ooh. Welcome aboard, Carl. Hello. Okay. People, I, I first uh, met Carl uh, getting to share stage with him in Brighton. Uh, I think I was with uh, Sonia de Mainayo. And uh, what was that place called? It was upstairs. Uh, the Emperor's Ice Cream was the band you were playing with. Uh, there was a place called The Hope and Ruin. That's right, The Hope and Ruin. <laughs> Which is quite, uh, quite a combination of ideas. But uh, it was a great gig, and I was—I loved your band. I was glad to meet you guys, and uh, uh, and I've played a lot of emperors, and we're going to play some here too because you guys have done some stuff in the meantime. But the uh, reason why I wanted you on the show because you you came out with a solo record, and uh, yeah, t- t- uh, like this this tune, "My Dreams Are of Stairwells," and when I saw you, you were working the guitar. And and this 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 record doesn't sound like it's a guitar record. No, it's kind of kind of synths, although it's a lot of it's actually where you're just layering up lots of different textures and resampling stuff and sort of electronics and computers and that kind of soundscape stuff. Okay, Carl, tell me what was uh, the first inkling to do something like this. Um, I've been playing with weird sounds for as long as I can remember, you know, like, um, uh, from when I first had a guitar, I just loved it feeding back and it's kind of been an extension of playing with that kind of stuff. It's always been something I've listened to, whether it's been kind of, um, like really early Pink Floyd interstellar overdrive stuff and that more elongated stuff. So it's just something I just do to stay sane, I suppose. So you mean, uh, like, uh, just letting the the guitar ring out and and make sound like yeah, like you said, feedback. So it's not really making chords or riffs. Or... Yeah, I've always loved the sound of just like a guitar. But just, I mean, it's it's when you're like fourteen year old and you're in your bedroom, and you're playing something and struggling to get on chords, and then suddenly you're like, oh, it can play itself. That's amazing. And then, yeah, just play with different things that make sound and make different noises and just, you know, experiment. So so when you say sounds and you say noises, you're not saying composition. So it was kind of freeform improvise? Yeah, I'm, like, the stuff on this record is a mixture of improvisations that then I, maybe I edit a bit or I layer things up afterwards or I sort of, like, change the sounds afterwards. But, yeah, I do love freeform improv. I love like just jamming with people in sort of an aimless, free-flowing state. I love all that stuff. So, Well, I was kind of talking about from, like you said, when you, you were younger and you were just letting the amp go at it. But you're still that oh, way. Yeah. You still love, just like let it flow. But then the idea of you doing, uh, uh, yeah, pieces, compositions, that's, that's kind of after the fact. What, what You got like a library, a, a kind of collection of your sounds and then you you work with it that way um sometimes a lot of it's like i will do i will jam like 
on my own and just miss stuff with like a keyboard or some synths and then I'll record that and then I'll maybe layer some things a bit more deliberately on top of it. Sort of thing. Okay. And, and I'm assuming probably the title comes last. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, what did it feel like? Or, you know, sometimes I just keep notes of interesting phrases or things to say. I think maybe that'll make a song title sometime. And then see if it does. Ah, so you do you do have like a collection of, of titles just waiting in standby? <laughs> sometimes, yeah. Like, I, I mean, not like an organized collection. Maybe it's a bit more of a, I'll, I'll, I'll look through my phone and there'll be a note that will just have some phrase on it. I'm like, I don't know why I wrote that down, but <laughs> I did. So... Well, I yeah. ask you something like that because in my case, I kind of have to start my songwriting with a title because uh, it helps me get focused. And like almost everybody I've talked to on the show and stuff, yeah, the title's the last. <laughs> it can be really useful to have like, this piece is going to do this thing and yeah. have that kind of direction. That That's yeah. how, why I do it, yeah. I sometimes, I have a sort of working title or make something and then I'll be like, well, that working title doesn't really kind of, doesn't sell it. It's a bit like, I don't know, I can't think of a good example now, but it does, it, sometimes I have something and I'll have to change it later, you know, now, if I actually put it out. Now, uh, you said you first got into this kind of, uh, the sounds, drones or something with guitar, right? Uh, yeah. How long did you do that before you got a synthesizer? And what was your first synthesizer? Well, I don't really own any proper, you know, like geeky synthesizers. I, um, I a lot of it is sort of chaining different guitar effects pedals and like a cheap keyboard at the front of it, like rather than anything proper. Oh, so um, so 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 like the keyboard. Uh, is the initial sound, and then you process it through, like, boxes? Yeah, just through guitar pedals. Yeah, yeah, guitar pedals. What do we call them here? Uh, st stomp box. <laughs> yeah, so stomp box. Yeah. I always think you're going to break it if you stomp it. Yeah, it. yeah, no shit. No shit. In fact, you know, uh, yeah, I, I used one for Flipper last year, you know. I, I, I tried to use it for my second opera. I couldn't turn them on at the right time. But the big problem I found with the bass guitar is a lot of them take out the bass parts of a bass guitar. You, you don't have the punch and stuff like a drum. So, But I noticed a lot of younger people in bands, I guess because their buddies got all these pedals, so they, they use them on their bass guitars. Yeah, yeah. Um, some people it's just they're fun aren't they so people like to collect them but I know what you mean about them taking out the bass I've seen that I've seen people use them and it's like I like the sound like I've had to tell people before like I like it when you turn that on but we just lose the whole oomph in the room so, yeah okay okay so you know what I'm talking about yeah because especially a bass guitar it's going to be part of a big sound it, unless you're doing some big solo or intro or <laughs> right and so if you're part of that sound uh it's you know it's got a it's got a, a job to do and if you're up there with the other guys just all floating around in the you know the trippy textures yeah where's the punch you know i i, I guess you know it's up to everybody and stuff like that. but i'm i'm curious that the 
because I would imagine that these this was like keyboard music, but it's actually you're working with sa- uh, sounds more than actual yeah. keyboards. Yeah, sounds more than keyboards, um, and like some of the stuff on there is um, I took some field recordings of like the wind and stuff, and then put that through different effects. And like sometimes I'm using real effects, sometimes I'm using them in the computer and stuff. I vary it sort of thing. You're talking like plugins? Um, yeah, I use a few. I kind of mainly just chain a few real simple sort of simple plugins together. You know, EQ delay, different EQ, different delay, and just sort of lots of different layers like that. Okay, okay, that makes sense. That makes sense. But but yeah, so where the sound comes from? Yeah, it's like uh. God, what was her name? Uh, Dahlia uh, Derbyshire? This Dahlia lady. Derbyshire. Oh, okay. Yeah, my bad pronounce. Sorry. <laughs> but yeah, she came up okay. with it. Uh, I, I really love her stuff, so she I'm happy to talk about her. Yeah, well, she did. Oh, so you're aware of it. Okay. She didn't really write the Doctor Who theme, but she came up, she played it, and she didn't use keyboard, right? She used pieces of tape. Yeah, she used, like, she'd make samples on pieces of tape and then sort of slow them down or speed them up to get the different the notes because when you slow or speed stuff down you get different notes and then that's how you get to then you just like tape all the bits of tape together so that you've got the tune that goes along right and uh you know what i think the lady in throb and gristle there's she's involved with some because you know, people didn't really know about this lady for a long time uh cozy fanny too yeah she's uh there's some documentary or something coming out on this Dahlia Der- Der- Derbyshire. And uh, because she was kind of a, well, she worked for the BBC, right? So that means all her stuff belonged to the BBC. I guess she didn't have kind of a music career herself. No, she did. Um, she's, she was on, but not properly credited, on the first album by a band called White Noise. Oh, yeah, White Noise. Okay. Yeah, so she did a lot of that first album, um, Electric Storm in Hell. Delia Darbush is one of the people helping to make the sound on that. And then somebody told yeah. me she actually did make a, a record in the 90s or something. Yeah, with one of the guys from Spaceman 3, I think. Like, the late, they, he helped and got some stuff. And... Spaceman 3, oh yeah, the, Jason and uh, the guy who became spiritualized, right? And he had two other yeah. dudes. Yeah. Okay. The main two were Jason and the other guy is Peter. Um, I think it's the Peter Kemba guy. Was a big, he's, a, he's a big Delia Derbyshire fan. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I am too. And I, I mean, I've never worked that kind of stuff. I'm just, just the music. It just shows you that music can come from all kinds of places, you know. And and, and, and the, the focus, the discipline of having to cut, because right physically with razor blades, cutting the tape. Crazy. I couldn't. That's like real dedication. <laughs> yeah. Look, I want to play a, uh, another piece by you uh, Gravity Disengaged.
Peter show as uh, Carl MV Wild with uh, Gravity Disengaged, and we had DJ Scotch Egg Shige. He lived in Brighton for a while, he's in Berlin these days. Yeah, uh, he did. I've, I've, oh, you know him? Okay, yeah, DJ Scotch Egg, right? Yeah, yeah, I saw him throw Scotch Eggs at everyone once. He was supporting Lightning Bolt, and like, Lightning Bolt, just, okay. Just, yeah, he's a great cat. He's originally from Japan, and he went to Shanghai, China for a couple of weeks and did some uh, residency there with a cat named Goose. They did this song I just played, uh, Rolex. Then we had Planning for Burial, brand new stuff, Whiskey and Wine. And then the Emperor's Ice Cream, where you work guitar, the ballad of Fee, uh, Philip Seymour Hoffman. And it's something live. You guys made a little a live EP. Uh I want to tell you, you know, you know, I'm in the stooges of rock and roll and all this, John Coltrane, and, you know, for me, music is music, but I got to tell you, when I was younger, or more younger, uh, like the, we're talking the 70s, a teenager, and I'm listening to radio, here we had this listener-supported, we still do, KPFK, 90.7 FM, and on Fridays, they had a show called uh, Imaginary Landscape, named after a John Cage piece, and uh, Carl Stone was the host. And I, I don't know if you're aware of him. I think he lives in Tokyo these days. But he uh, would play all kinds of stuff from Deutsche Grammophone and Hat Hoot and, you know, uh, Martin Sabotnik and uh, uh, Mr. Feldman and uh, 
Carl uh, Stockhausen, and so so real early, you know, I would listen to this stuff, and also it was when I was eating hell too, you know. So, yeah, you, uh, it opened my mind up about what music is. This kind of stuff, it, uh, I guess you would call it avant-garde. I don't know. See, this this idea of having to give shit labels bugs me. Yeah, it's hard, isn't it? <laughs> it's one of the reasons I got involved with the movement, you know, because I couldn't believe. They had this music called punk, you know, because punk in, here in Pedro was slang for somebody who got fucked in jail for cigarettes. And I could not understand it. It was a, kind of a low word, you know. Why would you call your music this? But obviously they, you know, didn't feel part of arena rock. And, and so I was attracted to that because arena rock, for some reason, just it bummed me out. Not, you know, not. So much some of the bands. First gig I saw was T-Rex. I like that. But just compared, I'd never been to a club until I was part of the movement. But then there's this other thing where I'm listening over the radio. Musics with no bass, no guitar, no drums. But, yeah, sometimes it sounded like some guy with a balloon, you know, squeaking his thumbs on it and shit. And, you know, it was just incredible. Uh, it helped free me of the Berlin walls in my own brain. That's what I'm trying to say. So did, did you, did you have a moment like that or, or just right from getting a guitar and knowing that if you didn't play riffs or notes, you could make it feedback? Um, I think like I, my parents brought me up on all kinds of music, everything from the Beatles to King Crimson to Dead Kennedys or Frank Zappa. So it was kind of like, I knew a lot of stuff growing up and I knew some weirder stuff. Um, but there were definitely moments where I realized, oh, anything can be music. And, and like, especially when you see it, like someone do that in front of a, like upstairs above a pub in front of like 30 people. And it's like, yeah, anyone can just like, you know, our this, uh, local band called Blood Stereo um, making just horrible noises, you know, Above this, above this pub in Brighton, it's like, yeah, that's you. You know, anything can be music, and it can, as long as it moves you and does something, then it's good. You know, you know, in a way, it kind of empowers the listener because the listener's now in charge. Instead, you know yeah. what I mean? He decides or she decides. Uh, yeah, that, that's uh. You know, the rules, right? The rules. That, that always gets in the way uh, of the uh, relationship between, the, you know, the doer and the, the, the receiver. The bringer and the receiver. And, uh, yeah. Uh, and, like, it seems like the vocabulary. When you're doing, when you did this album here, for, for, for one thing, how long did it take to do? Um, I probably spent like it was. I did it in the evenings and stuff, like right? because I've got, got a job and got a kid and <laughs> you know, there's a lot of things that take time. But um, absolutely, I probably spent like the evenings over a couple of months, maybe, but like not exclusively working on that. Like just I'd come and do some stuff and then do some other stuff and then like slowly go. Oh, actually, I've got these this batch of songs pieces or whatever you want to call them and they, I think they're good I think they're worth having out there so yeah probably 
couple of months of work on and off in the evening sort of thing. Some of them are real quick. Some of them take a bit longer to get right. And at the same time, you still write rock and roll songs for Emperor of Ice Cream? Yeah, because this was um, over last winter. So before everything went a bit weird. Um, so yeah, it was still... Um, we were still writing and back. Yeah, we were still writing songs and practicing, and we had a bunch of gigs in December, and so it was, yeah. Well, I, I mentioned that. So well. I mentioned that because you wrote something in the email about you writing this uh, ballad of Fee, uh, Philip Seymour Hoffman. Yeah. So yeah, that, that's a good song. Uh, I wrote the riff for that, and then we were jamming it, and. Like, um, the other guy in the band, Sam, was just kept, like, improvising all these lyrics. Yeah. And then we recorded it all, like, because we just had a recorder, recording device just to catch the demos in the rehearsal. And then we were like, this is actually hilarious. And over a number of weeks, we slowly sort of made it down to this kind of, I think, quite cute. I say funny, and I say hilarious. It's it's kind of serious still. It's not, not a... It's not meant to be totally funny, but it's also not meant to be totally, you know. What, like black, know. Uh, black humor? I remember when I was a boy, I got the Blue Oyster Cult Tuning Mutation album. The sticker said black humor. So I asked my mom, Ma, what's black humor? She said, Michael Watt, go read Joseph Heller's uh, Catch-22. Oh, great book. <laughs> yeah. It's like kind of not funny, but. That's why it's funny, or some some uh, dark is the word. I don't know. I don't know. But yeah, but, uh, so that's usually the process for uh, Empress of Ice Cream. One guy comes in with a uh, lick, and you guys just work it out at Pratt? Sometimes it's like that. Sometimes it's a bit more sort of oh, I've got this thing, and I think it goes like this. But I mean, we always it always gets changed as we do it, you know. But the people don't come in with demos like here's the drum part, here's the bass part, here's the. Oh no! Like so, um, you know the Pete like Town, the, the Pete Townsend demos, right? Where he's playing everything. <laughs> oh god, nothing like that. Like okay. sometimes it'll be like there's a riff and there's vocals, and you know, and that's it. That that's the most it'll be. It's like there's a riff and there's lyrics, but that's about the most, the most it'll be. Okay. Our drummer always changes it. Our drummer will always change it, so it's fine. And oh wow! And he's a brother. Uh, two of the guys are brothers, right? That's the other. So the other two, the other two are two parts of triplets. That's the guitarist Sam and the bassist Joe, and the drummer is Tim. He's not one of them. Triplets. Okay, okay. I always. It's fuck his birthday today, though. Happy it's Tim's birthday. birthday. Happy B day. Look, uh, we're at the end of the first hour, September sixth. No. October 5, what am I saying? 2020 edition of Peterson. Special guest, Carl M.V. Wah. Hold tight for hour two. October 5, 2020. It's the second hour of the Watt from Pedro show.
away. You fix in his jeans, you look the other way. You don't give him money because you know how it's meant. He should get help from the government. You serve the army, so they die. Right back home, they said fine. You heard what he said, you know what he meant. When he said he doesn't trust the government. For Pedro show, start off the second hour. Carl M. V. Wow with Unified Disc Evolve. That's a great title. And Sam Bennett out of Tokyo Gone Getaway. And some more live emperors of ice cream government. And you you were referring to like the homeless situation uh, there yep. in Brighton. Yeah, here SoCal it's it's very rough too. It's really sad and tragic. Uh, you know, you were talking about the songwriting process for Emperor's Ice Cream. Now, with uh, your solo stuff that you did on this record, you don't have to, you don't have the word dilemma. Oh no, no word dilemma. So, what about and then the process? Like you, you said you had like collections of sounds, and then you get them together to make pieces or tunes. But it's it's a man alone thing, right? You, you don't really consult other people. Yeah, it's uh, it's strange like that because you've got to kind of you've got to go. Well, I've done this, and I've got to trust in it. Where I think it's a bit easier when you work as a team. You know, you can be like, "Is this good? Be honest." To like, you can look less the band. Okay, so like you get more perspective. There's like a committee, an editing committee, or. Yeah, I mean, I don't know if it's that um, organised, but I think it's. I find with like playing music in the band, it's easier to go like, "Oh, I know that that was good." Like, I know that you're doing something good. Like, I can look over the rest of the band and go, "Well, I don't know about my part here," because you never really know about what you're just doing yourself. But I can go, "I know you three are absolutely killing it at the moment." So. It's easier to know when it's good and when it's not, I think. That's interesting, you know, because I've said to people before, uh, they ask me about, you know, why do you ha- why are you in more one band? Why do you have one more prod, you know? And I get into this idea of like, well, you know, you take turns, you, t- you play different roles. And one of the examples I give is if you're the boss, you can't learn everything because there's, you're always getting your way. And so you kind of like, point that out by saying that in a way because yeah. remember you know because society right there's some weird forms of 
society that tell you you're winning. You you got victory if you're the guy that's the shot caller. You're making all the decisions. But actually, in, in an artistic sense, like we're talking about, it can be also a weakness. Yeah. I get it, yeah. yeah. I think I like bands where everyone's kind of kind of equal. I mean, you know, some of you are singing, other people are doing different parts, people bring different amounts, but you know, you're ruling it together, you know? Right. But there's still room in your musical life to do man alone like this. Definitely, yeah. Yeah, so maybe that what was that? quote, you know, life is a stage, you know, actors, yeah. and right, we all play in different roles, and yeah, I want to play, uh, here's another live uh, Emperor's Ice Cream, every color, and uh, yeah, we spell color wrong, so
Absolutely. And in fact, it gives it makes things interesting, right? We don't want it too monochrome. <laughs> or, uh, right? I think the main idea is to communicate, right? We don't want a bunch of fucking Xerox copies. That's what the COVID-19 wants, right? Lots of copies of itself. <laughs> Just yeah, roaring, yeah. roaring through uh, our the fabrics of our flesh and beings. <laughs> okay, people, we just heard every color live from the Emperor's Vice Cream. And then Grex. Uh, Carl was on the show last month with uh, KD. Lives up in Oaktown. Uh, Nels Klein Singers. But brand new Nels Klein. Uh, Beam Spiral. Uh, he's got something coming out real soon. Also, he did something with uh, Yuka see honda called cup i gotta have those people on the show to talk about and then and then uh something from an album you guys did before that live ep called a little bit kinder from the emperors of ice cream maybe i should have had that one around the government song (laughs) Uh, (laughs) you know thematic wise so i kind of i screwed screwed up like that did you have more than you needed for for your uh solo record um my solo record i had uh i probably had quite a lot actually yeah i kind of made a bunch of stuff and then decided to work out what's the record in this and it turned out quite long which is not normally my style so yeah i probably did have more than i needed so it'd be easy to make a volume two. Almost certainly, yeah. And uh, while you were doing this music, were you just like, because you were saying before, I, I have put it out, man, I like this. What about doing it as gigs? I do, um, I played like much more noisier stuff, like almost like, you know, the heavy noise. The, the noisiest moments of Sonic Youth or worse, that kind of stuff. I do that live. I find doing the sort of the more droney, chilled side of it um, a bit weird live sometimes. It doesn't always feel right. But then I've, I've played in like duos um, and like other little groups that do it. So I have done some of that stuff live. And I have played it live, sort of. You're talking- not those songs. You're talking collaborations. Yeah, it, there's, there's quite a good um, experimental scene in Brighton. Quite a lot of people sort of, yeah, getting together. Or, well, well, what used to be when we could get together live, getting together and making weird music in different forms and a lot of it improvised and we'll see what happens. So, so in a way, it's kind of a band. I mean, it's, it's like, not the it's not the emperors of ice cream, but it's 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 still you know. Yeah, I've got to. I've definitely played sort of band sets with like people in like weird droney weird type of stuff. So yeah. And 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 how's it? I mean, are there grooves? Are the I mean, how do you how do you know how to react to somebody who brings on, or or do you go first? Um. It really depends. Like, um, I don't know. How do you know to what? How do you know to react? It's just jamming. It's just. I think it's you know. I mean, it's not as simple as when there's like 
an obvious you know groove or a you know baseline that everyone can follow but to me it's just yeah it's, it's just improv it's just i think it's one musical spectrum from you know you've got the, the sort of the weirdest end of jazz or like like i know you're a big John Coltrane fan because you always open your shows with him. Right. And, like, and also the last few episodes, I've had a lot of free music guys on and very interested. And, in, you know, and of course, Nels Klein is from that school. You know where, yeah, you're in the moment, right? There's nothing prearranged. Yeah, you just, you just have to sort of, I don't know if it's whether you have to know what to do or whether you have to just trust, you know, or a bit of both. Yeah, when I asked Nels, he said the the big part is is listening. Yeah. Oh, definitely. Mm. So, but but these tunes like I'm playing on the show today, they've have they been played live? Oh no, they won't. No, they haven't been played live. They're just uh, studio compositions or whatever. The- no, no, no. Like, uh, for example, like my friend Raymond Pettibone, right? He he makes a yeah. he makes a work. He doesn't go like, hey, come to the, you know, uh, bar, the pub, uh, <laughs> on Saturday, and I'll paint you some stuff. I'll be doing some paintings, right? <laughs> <laughs> Isn't that? It's, they're, they're both forms of expression, but one is kind of the performance itself, and the other one is kind of the work. I've, yeah, that's always intrigued me about about music, you know, because he's my best friend and I've been with him. And in some ways, we're very close. Other ways, they are different kinds of, you know, ways of bringing it. Uh, we're at the end of the second hour, October 5, 2020 edition. Watt Pedro show special guest, Carl M.V. Wow. Out of Brighton. Hold tight for hour three. October 5, 2020. Yeah. It's the third hour. Watt for Pedro show.
Wife from Pedro Show third hour. We started off with Carl M. V. Y. with Glacial Phonics. I mean, yeah. Great, great tune, man. And then uh, uh, I think this cat's doing a similar thing in a way. Uh, he's out of Baltimore. Uh, used to be part of uh, Mold Omen. Now it's called Bronze Age UFO. And H- Helen Butte said this, part F. And uh, I just, you know, I'm really intrigued by this stuff. Uh, scared to try. You know, it's kind of like me having a drum set, my practice pad, but I'm scared to jump on it. I just don't like to wait for people to set up, tear down. <laughs> but, man, I should try to learn the thing. If I could play drums, I could pl- probably try and play anything. Besides uh, manipulating sounds and uh, playing guitar, you're, you're also a great guitar man. Do you do other instruments? Um, I learned violin when I was young, and I don't play it so much anymore, but I still got one. I still pick it up now and again. Okay. Um, Tuned in like That's what I, what well, I learned when yeah, I was young. You know, as far as treating sounds, have you ever done tapes? Not not like Dahlia Dibershire so much, but like uh, tapes of... Like you you were saying field recordings. And, you know, do you know of a, I think they are Sheffield. They were called Cabaret Voltaire. Yeah, I've seen them, yeah. What, well, they were they were a three-piece. In fact, I saw them. They came 1980 or 81 to play up in Hollywood or nearby. And one of the guys left to work for the BBC, the Watson guy, right, to make, like, field recordings. Yeah, he does loads of the sound for, like, the David Attenborough shows and stuff. Right, that's it, that's it. The, the, the brother of the actor. Yeah. yeah because uh, me and D. Boone's favorite movie was The Sand Pebbles, and the guy who plays Frenchie is his his brother. Uh, yeah. Who's, who passed away, right? But this guy's still going, I mean, he, and still working, right? And so, okay, field records. And, and so have uh, when you, that's what you do. You use nature, right? Or do you use humans? I quite like sort of field recordings where it's on the edge of humans and nature. So it'll be like rain and the wind, but there might be traffic and kind of if you get like a nice texture from all of that. Okay, okay. Yeah, there's a lady uh, in Japan, Sawako. She does stuff like this, kind of. I mean, did you uh, are are you familiar with John Cage? Yeah, yeah. And this idea of what is music? I mean, I think it's an important question in a way. It is. Um, I think it's an important question that anyone should ask themselves. I think. I mean, my opinion is that anything could be music. You know, you put a frame around it, you present it as music, and like it can be music. You know. It doesn't mean it's necessarily good music, but it can be, you know. I was going to say that because people complain, oh, this is bad music. But if you don't start somewhere to say, what is music in the first place? How can you ever get to that? Well, this is, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. You know, hurt your head thinking about it. Uh, Here, I want to play So It's Said, Emperor's Ice Cream. The 
Watt for Pedro Show. Last music for this edition. So it said, The Emperors of Ice Cream. And then we had Galextasy with Heaven Channel Season 2, LP6, Part 1. These guys, since March, you know, the Quentin Quarantino mode. 18 albums. They're out here in the Joshua Tree. So, you know, maybe it's a time to record, right? These guys ain't sitting on their fucking heads. <laughs> 18 records. Love it. Love it. It's an inspiration for me. So, so, what's your next plan? I mean, yeah, you're raising children. You're do, uh, doing work for people and stuff. But uh, musically, what do you got planned, Carl? Um, I play in a uh, three-piece kind of improv psychedelic band. I'm trying to put out a record later this year. Um, we're gonna, so we're working on that. Um, it's kind of Oh, how do I explain it? It's just big and psychedelic, but also influenced by stuff like Alice Coltrane, kind of that really sort of deep, rich, spiritual stuff. Um, and I don't know, just keep keep on making music, making noise. Where can it's people a bit hard at the moment. Yeah, yeah, I know, I know. But I read somewhere that King Lear was written down uh, during a lockdown. Because, you know, plagues have been with us forever. And I think they probably are going to... Hope we learn something from this shit, you know. But but enough of that. Uh, that was a little yeah. side sidebar there. Where can people find you on the internet? Um, so the, I've I've got um a band camp which is disillusion dot 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 as a word dot bandcamp dot com. Um, or you can find Carl and War on Facebook. There's a sort of page. My stuff on there. Um, you mean, are you saying D O T D O T D O T dot bandcamp dot com? So disillusion, then D O T D O T D O T. Okay, so you spell out disillusion D I S I L L U S I O N E D D O T D O T D O T dot bandcamp dot com. Com. I just want to help people out. Okay. And what else? I should have thought of something more catchy. Um, there's uh, there's a Facebook page is the word I suppose for it for like my solo noise stuff. Um, the Emperors of Ice Cream dot Bandcamp dot com, all of that stuff. Um, I don't know. I just just stick it in Google. Yeah, well, you'll get, you'll get somewhere. I thought everybody was going to have a website by now because to me it's the same ethics of having your own fanzine. But the band camp, I got to give those guys a lot of respect. They seem to be the best place on the internet for bands making music. I think it's great. Yeah. I think it's really great. Compared to all the other that you mentioned, fake look, and, you know, there's, there's a lot of crap out there. But I guess, you know, every telephone pole deserves a flyer, so staple them up there. <laughs> yeah. But, but uh, yeah, because I want people to know about the stuff you're doing. Oh, what... what you, you're saying this is a trio that you're part of? What, what's, it, what's it called? God's Teeth and the Interstellar Tropics. Whoa. <laughs> that's a name. <laughs> that's, that's quite a name. And Alice, now, now Alice, she got into like the harp, right? Yeah, she was she does, oh, just beautiful stuff. And living in it, she built an ashram, and you're right, it got very spiritual and I, I was hearing, in fact, on KPFK, an interview with her. Uh, 
number of years ago, where she said she was really surprised when John Coltrane asked her to play piano in the last version of his band. Yeah. She... Yeah. yeah so those, quite, uh, quite quite humble. Uh, both of them, I think, quite humble people. Yeah, I think so. There's something about a little humility. I mean, you got to have a lot, enough nerve to get the stuff out there in the first place. But maybe that's enough. When you get too full of yourself, yeah, it's kind of scary. Yeah. <laughs> so you putting yourself in this situation, this new one with this uh, psychedelic... You hope to learn stuff that you're not with this uh, solo uh, electronic and then Emperor's of Ice Cream. Yeah, I think it's, it keeps me busy. Yeah. Now, are you the kind of, the, are you the boss in that band or is it kind of a it's, collective? Um, no, it's all free improvised between three of us. So there's a drummer, like it's one of those jazz drummers who's all sort of kind of guitary and James and then... Um, wonderful friend Dolly, she does um, sort of electronics, but she also does bells. She's got a massive, I think it's 18-inch gong, 18-inch radius gong. Um, yeah. I heard you got to be watch out. You can crack them. You got to make sure they're not too cold when you hit them. I didn't know that. Yeah, Perkins told me that. What about recording? Are we going to see some recorded music from this project? Yeah, so we recorded stuff um, right at the end of last year, winter solstice. Um, and it's just been a, just a slow process trying to make it right. into a record. No, no wine before it's oh, like kind of like you did with your your solo thing. You're editing. Yeah, but it's harder with the three of you because you've got to agree everything. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Dreaming by committee is kind of inefficient, but it, it's got its place. Uh, Carl, when you when you get that on, can you come back and let's play this thing and talk about it? Maybe with the bandmates, too, and stuff. I, I really like what you did here. Thanks so much for being on the show today. Thanks for having me. It's been a pleasure. Absolutely. People, it's been the October 5, 2020 edition of Watt for Pedro Show. Keep your powder dry. <laughs>